0: Howdy, hello, and welcome to Fat Love Talk, episode 108. Here today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Pokemon. I got Violet, but Scarlet is out there as well as the counterpart to the, you know, release of every Pokemon title on major platforms for Nintendo. Now, I spend about 41 hours and I beat the game. I played Violet, like I said, phenomenal. I won't make this podcast too long because I don't have too much to add to the narrative, but I do want to say real quick that I personally, if you want another opinion thrown out there into the world, loved this game. In fact, I love it so much, I'm currently working on maxing out my decks with all 400 Pokemon. And once I do that, I'm considering buying Scarlet and doing it all over again. Not because I have to, but because I genuinely had that much fun with the story. With the relationships, with the battles, with the type advantages here and there, and all that jazz, and I want to see the differences in the story because of the whole you know two version aspect of it. I just I think that it would be really exciting to experience the whole thing over again. Um, I'm recording this the day after the game awards, so if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're catching up because you have a few other episodes I've posted. I am going to be doing probably at least three podcast episodes today. And uh, this is the first one I'm recording. Of course, Pokemon, my review. Not so much review, but my thoughts on it more than anything. And uh, yeah, I just want to jump into it, make this a quick one, and put it out there for you guys to digest because I, uh, I have some thoughts that I think I can add to the narrative. And uh, the first thing that I just want to talk about is the starter Pokemon and their evolutions. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're a fan of Pokemon, and chances are this late into the game, you've probably bought it and beaten it. So I want to give a fair warning. I don't know the names of the evolutions, if that's what you're worried about, but I do know I'm going to describe them. And if you're like me, you don't want spoilers. Um, I personally, the only spoiler I didn't want was the starter evolutions. And now that I've seen all three starter evolutions, first, second, and final evolution, organically, I did have the uh, grass-type starter ruined for me in the middle of the game, but that's, you know, I was playing the game, so somebody fought me with it, and I just happened to see it. That's on me. Um, But I digress. I chose Quaxly as my starter Pokemon. A cute little duck boy with his little pompadour, looking fresh, cute as hell had to capture my heart from the second I saw him. I'm sorry, okay? I loved the heck out of Quaxley. Second evolution, I mean, okay, okay, he got bigger, he's taller, I get it. Final evolution turned into, like, I think a, oh, how do I say this and not be rude? I don't know, man. It, it, I just, I, <sighs> he changed from a duck to a peacock. Alright, that's all that's the best way of describing it. And he like had like fight dancing moves, like fight dancing, which is a real thing if you look it up. Like it's it makes sense. It was just like I didn't I didn't see it going there, personally. And the Grass type starter, not a huge fan of the Final Evolve. Um it was okay. And my boy Fuacoco had the coolest and honestly kind of badass best evolution. He turned into from a cute little baby cute thing. I don't even know how to – I know he's supposed to be an alligator or a crocodile. Sorry, crocodile at the end. But he just didn't look like a little crocodile buddy at the very beginning of his evolution. But he was super adorable. And the way that in the cutscene where he's walking all over, he sees an apple fall from a tree, and he's like, He uses ember on it, and it, like, burns the little apple, and he's, like, so happy about it. He's like, Oh look at me, my burnt apple, it's so cute! And I'm just like, yeah, buddy, you got a cute little burnt apple, you're adorable, buddy, but I want Quaxley more. But I probably, in hindsight, wish I had taken you, even though Quaxley is, I've evolved it all the way to the final evolve, and it's a level 100 Pokémon. Your boy takes his starter the finish line i'm loyal to my starter pokemon every time and i will never apologize for that i will take the starting pokemon i pick out of the three all the way to the final four all the way to the championship i will not falter he will never leave my party he or she will never ever not be a part of my party because i'm just finding better more interesting pokemon sorry if somebody's got to get the boot it's going to be one of the other five. My starter is my, my my best friend, my pal, my buddy, and I will take them all the way. And I was loyal to my cute little Quaxley in his full evolve. Now my Quaxley does moves hoping to receive praise from me. Ooh, So-and-so hit a critical hit hoping to be praised for it. That's right, buddy. I praise you for it. You're amazing. I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. Hit him again with that. Awesome Water-type move or Fighting-type move. You got cool Terra Evolution or Terra Evolve. It's super dope. All right? I love you, buddy. And I'll always feel that way. But I think the Fire-type got the win for Best Starter Evolution in this generation of Pokemon. Just my personal thoughts. Uh, I know that uh, it's different for everybody. And uh, I've always been a Water Faithful from the very beginning of my Pokemon life. Um, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I started playing Pokemon 5th Gen. On black and white. Those are my first Pokemon games. And I've played every single Pokemon game. Main franchise Pokemon games. I haven't played like some of the spin-off games and all that stuff. But the main franchise Pokemon titles. I've played every one since 5th Generation. And I've loved every one of them. A few of them I liked more than others. But I will say right now. I didn't get into the whole mega Mega fight thing. That they did in Sword and Shield. But I'm I'm kind of being forced into the Terra raids, um, just because I want to get Charizard. Yes, the event has passed for the first weekend. Next weekend is the second. I'm grinding up my Pokemon. I'm trying to do 15 successful terror raids, but I keep losing because the three randoms I get paired with don't have, you know, super critical moves like I do, and I keep losing these battles. You have to win I think it's 10 or 15 of them, either 4 or 5 stars, to unlock 6, and it's super agitating because I spend t- time and time and time in raids, just to fail them, and connecting is a whole hassle on its own, but I digress. Uh, I haven't really used the multiplayer function of the Union Circle, Uh, I did use it one time and I ran around the world and we tried to do raids together and it wouldn't let us because apparently you do raids differently, I found that out later, Um, but it was cool, I mean, cool enough, and uh, I don't think I'll I'll use that very much because I like battling my friends directly, or I like trading, or I like doing the terror Raids, giving them the room code, you know, that kind of stuff. But it is cool that you can go into another person's world and you can kind of do that, especially if you can get into somebody's world who has the other version of the game and start getting some Pokemon that are specific to that region, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, I digress. Um, Pokemon, I know that there are a lot of graphical issues, and a lot of popping, and a lot of performance issues. And um, I think that speaks more to Nintendo than it does Game Freak because Nintendo's hardware is hard to work with, I feel like, with them being a few generations behind. Like, every time they come out with a new console, it's like, oh, boy, yay, yay. We're we're up to probably when you were competing with PlayStation 3, you know, <clears throat> and Xbox 360, respectively, and not the 4 and the 1 and the now Series X and PS5, like consoles are massively more powerful in like playstation 5 vr is coming out next year and it's more expensive than the playstation 5 to buy into it that that's the technology behind it and i've seen demos you know not in person of course but online and i've seen trailers and like it's all supposedly an engine and, and it looks phenomenal like it just looks top freaking notch And it's only going to get better as time goes on. Technology is not slowing down. We are getting better and better technology. 4K is going to turn to 8K. 1280p is going to turn into 24p. you know, It's going to be just stunning graphics until it's at the point where literally it's in front of you in 3D, 4D at that point. Like totally immersive experiences. Am I right? So I I already go to the movie theater and they have this thing called... uh, what's it called? It's like the screen X or whatever. And the main screen in front of you is humongous. And the sides of the theater, the walls of the theater are also the movie And it. Like it's like a fully immersive experience. It's freaking cool. Um, Some movies doesn't use it very, some movies don't use it very well. Rather I should say, and other movies were really good. Now, If you guys have seen The Meg with Jason Statham or whatever his name is, um, that movie, The Meg, was phenomenal on the screen X Like water, shark, the whole like feeling of dread, phenomenal. You'll never experience that on a TV no matter how big, 4K, nothing. You'll never experience that until you're in the movie theater on Screen X, and you actually see the shark in your peripheral swimming up, and it scares the living hell out of you. And those types of movies I feel like are perfect for Screen X, but other gimmicky movies where it's just like a regular movie and they use the size to have like a wide lens shot of the picture, I don't know, fam. That one maybe isn't worth it. But I digress. I think technology is only getting better, and to round it all back to my point I was originally talking about, I think that Nintendo does just need to stop like at this point the switch oled is their switch pro i'm just going to accept that there's no pro version of the switch coming out it's been around for what five six years something like that i have a day one switch and it's performing you know as best you could expect it to and i'm ready for the next console to come out in nintendo's you know Laboratory, whatever it looks like, whatever it is, if it's another hybrid console, if it's a standalone home console, whatever they want to do with it, people are still going to be using the Switch and selling Switches for the next five, ten years. The DS evolved into the 3DS, and then they had the 3DS XL. They had the 2DS XL. They had the the 2DS by itself, without the 3D, the more friendly, like child-proofed, you know, version of that. And that's great, but Nintendo used to fire on two fronts. Their their hybrid console is taking away from that in the sense that I played my 3DS all the time everywhere. Now I look at it, and I'm like, but the Switch has the portable screen, and I would rather play the games on my Switch over my 3DS, which is still packing in my drawer. I love my 3DS. I got a 3DS, a 2DS XL, Special Edition Mario and Luigi, and... Um, And I have a DS, one of the fat, thick, gray ones. Uh, The top screen started to come off of the bottom, so it stopped working. But I loved, loved, loved Nintendo's DS and 3DS consoles. I loved the Wii. I was one of the few people who absolutely adored the 3DS. I think Nintendo Land is the best game of the Wii U generation. Fight me on those Words, if you want to, I deleted Twitter. You can't even at me. The point is, guys, <laughs> I loved the Donkey Kong mini game, the Link mini game, the the the, the oh, what is it, Metroid? Um, not Metroid. Yeah, it is the Metroid, the the Samus Metroid mini game on Nintendo Land. Phenomenal. There was a Toad mini game, a, a Luigi's Mansion mini game. Dude, Nintendo Land fired on all cylinders and delivered to me what I thought it would. Showing off that the gamepad was very unique, a very cool concept, and a very cool idea. I, I, I wish that it had been more successful. I really, really do, because I loved Nintendo Land. And it's sad to see that um, a lot of the games from that console are, are lost in, in time um, because of the gamepad's mechanics interacting with it. There's no real way unless Nintendo re-releases it like they did for the Wii U version of the Mario Brothers Wii U. Uh, game. They re-released it on Switch, and Zombie U actually got rebranded as Zombie without the U at the end. It is now on all consoles, so that's a little sad to see that console exclusive kind of get broken out into the world. It's a great game, don't get me wrong, and I'm glad that people are getting to play it, but I'm just noticing a trend with console exclusive not really being console exclusive after a year or two. You know, games are coming to PC now off of Sony's exclusivity deal, and we're getting the Final Fantasy 16 as a timed exclusive. Like timed exclusives are even worse than console exclusives because what's the point of of blocking it behind a six month window? Like just let everybody play it if it's not going to be exclusive. All that tells me is we're getting the early version that needs patches and the console version for other consoles. Uh like for Final Fantasy 16 as an example, when it comes out December 31st or January 1st respectively, uh at the end of next year um and 2024 for Xbox players and presu- presumably PC players as well. Um that's going to probably be a better version than PlayStation gets day one because any bugs or day one patches that need to happen will have rendered that game a little less impactful. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe the game's going to be a banger right out the gate, but I mean I'm not buying it day one anyway. I do want to play that game inevitably like I that's a hands down game I'm playing because I'm really excited for it, but I digress. Um, I think Nintendo needs to go back to the basics. The Switch can be their handheld console, even though it's the handheld hybrid because of the dock and all that jazz, but it can be the handheld console, and then they can make a new console that's an only at-home, connected-to-your-TV console. Like, we don't need, we do not need another 3DS or Switch, you know, repeat. We've proven it's successful, but here's my thoughts on if they do it, because I have a feeling that my opinions go in one ear and out the other, and I feel like if I'm going to play devil's advocate, I have to have a way to back that up too and throw my ideas on the table. So, anybody at Nintendo who's listening, or anybody who knows somebody at Nintendo who's listening, get a pen and paper. I'm going to help you be successful. Look, right here and now, all right, my inbox is open. I'm available for interviews. (laughs) Anyway, uh, here's my thought on the subject, all right? You can make another Wii U, like a Wii U um, system, you know? The Wii, then the Wii U. You know how that kind of was like an evolution of the console? Now, take that concept and put it on the Nintendo Switch. Don't call it the Switch U. That's already setting yourself up for failure. You do not want to call it the Switch U. You want to come out the gate firing on all cylinders. So if you call it the Switch U, you've set yourself up for failure, you've shot yourself in the foot, do not call it the, the Switch U. All right? But you don't have to not call it the Switch Blank. Or the blank Switch. Right, you don't have to take that name completely out of it. You can, because if we look at time and we look at history, we go with the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Nintendo 64, and I'm going to miss a few of these probably, so bear with me, the Nintendo GameCube, the Nintendo DS, I think was next. I might be wrong on that. And then the oh wait the Nintendo, what was that like Virtual Boy, Virtual Reality thing they did? The Virtual Boy, I think is what's called. Then the DS, and then they had the 3DS, and then they had the uh, Wii, and then they had the Wii U, and then they had the Switch. So look at that the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Wii, the Wii U. You don't have to call it the Super Switch. Although I'm gonna be honest here. That's pretty dope. And the trend with superheroes right now, that might be something you look into. All I'm saying. And with the success of the Mario movie hopefully coming in the future, I'm very excited for that next year. I hope you guys are. And uh, I just want to see it win. Um, The clip they showed at the Game Awards last night, phenomenal. Um, And I'm really excited to see where that goes. But more on the topic at hand, I think you don't have to get rid of the word Switch but you have to put more powerful hardware into the console, even if you're afraid of the price raising hurting sales. All right, I get it. I'm not a corporate jumbo. I graduated high school, and I didn't go any further than that. I took a couple college courses. I was like, holy crap. And, you know, here I am. But, hear me out. I may not be the smart sharpest tool in the shed, but that don't mean I don't work when you put me on a on a on a on a tool in a toolbox, all right? I'm still able to do my job. I'm just not as flashy as the other guys, all right? Uh, you may have bought me from Walmart and not Home Depot. Big whoop. I still do my job. The point is <sighs> See what happens. I mean, I'm sure Nintendo has QA. I'm sure they have testers. I'm sure they have people who give their opinions. You know? And I'm sure that if you call it the Super Switch, that would probably go over well. Or then I don't know, the Nintendo, the Nintendo box. That's terrible, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I just thought of that off the of the rib and it was it was bad. The Nintendo box sounds terrible. But I will say this, if the Xbox Series X can look like a, a mini refrigerator, be as big as it is, and people are still high, like jumping around for it, it's hard to find one. And the PlayStation Five, as big as it is, is as successful as it is. Like it's high enough to be half the size of a fifty-inch TV. Like it's big, but it's got powerful components inside, powerful chips, powerful hard drive, powerful fan. You know, it does the job a console is meant to do. Nintendo can still make great games with their cool animation styles. Look at all the indie games. Nintendo is supporting indies on a strong front, but indie games got to be supported everywhere so they're still releasing on other consoles. You don't see me not buying a game um, because of the art style. If a game you want to make is big and ambitious and has a lot to give, right, you need to have more... Space for that. All right, Mario Odyssey is a brilliant example. Look how big that game was. Look how much extra stuff there was to do. Every Mario game has like that bonus world, right? That's what I'm talking about. You could have a game on the level of Elden Ring and not have to compromise on the graphical fidelity because of the size of the game. All I'm saying is this is your chance to really hit it big. And Nintendo's already known for being a powerhouse in the industry. All right, Nintendo consoles are are owned by, like, everybody. More people probably own a Nintendo console because of the affordability over a mainline console. But people who have the mainline consoles are fans of both. Look at me. I have a PlayStation 5 and a Nintendo Switch, and I'm a happy, happy man. Yeah, I'll be honest. If I have to choose between a console version of a game for Switch versus a console version of a game for PlayStation... Chances are I'm sliding towards PlayStation, but only because of the size issue, the file size issue. Like, I have tons of space on my PlayStation 5 because I have a hard drive plugged in the back for my PS4 games. Because on my PS4, I had a hard drive to expand my memory. Bravely Default 2 was phenomenal. But people who liked that game are probably looking at Octopath Traveler 2, Which, for your information, comes out on Nintendo Switch, but also on consoles. And guess who has it on his wish list on his PlayStation 5? This guy. I loved Octopath Traveler. I haven't finished it even. I have to replay that. I want to finish that all the way through. But I loved it from what I played. I'm a big fan of JRPGs like that. Bravely Default 2, I beat that game. It was phenomenal. I loved that game. You don't have to play the first Bravely Default to enjoy that. Please play Bravely Default 2 if you have a Nintendo Switch and you like JRPGs. It's so much fun. But I'd probably preach to the choir because anybody who likes JRPGs probably already bought it and loved it just like me. Now, I digress. I just wanna say that this whole podcast was about Pokemon and I ended up detouring it into the talk about Nintendo's um, you know, graphical capabilities and all that jazz and to kind of circle back. I only brought that stuff up and and veered off on that tangent because Pokemon is a brilliant game and it's my favorite Pokemon game on the Switch over Sword and Shield, I'm sorry, um, because of how much fun it is. And I do see the graphical problems, I do see the bugs, I do see the issues people are talking about and posting online, and that's not something to dismiss. Um, Pokemon is the best-selling game on the Switch console. It, it sold so many units in three days. Like the weekend it came out, it sold like ten million units or something. I forget the number, but it was phenomenal. All right, people are loving that game, and Splatoon three is also a big game, and it sold bunches, bunch broke some records there too before Pokemon had come out. And I, I'm just like, the Switch is still a popular console, and people still love it and support it. But if you're going to keep this level of engagement and this level of, of like fan commitment. Like, Nintendo really, really, really has to step on the fact that we have to jump the price up of our console $100 or more and really release a console that's worth that price, something that has the capabilities that these next-generation consoles have. Uh, The thing that I like the best about my PlayStation 5 is that I can stream, and the fact that I can record videos and save them, and I can then edit them, and move them to my thumb drive and, you know, render them and stuff like that. I don't have a PC. I don't have the capabilities of, you know, all that stuff. And you know how much fun it would be to do a Let's Play or a walkthrough of a Nintendo game um, or make some guides on Nintendo games or just talk about a Nintendo game on a Nintendo video? Um, That would be a lot of fun. But my channel, um, Alpha Phenomenon Gaming on YouTube, is not uh, showing any Nintendo love because I don't have the capability to do that. Um, that's me personally. Um, of course, if I want to swipe my credit card and spend two, two K and get a gaming, uh, desktop, I could do that. But you know, there's a thing called priorities, budgets, and you know, the biggest one is money, um, coming in versus going out. And, uh, I don't really have that kind of expendable cash. So I have a roundabout method that takes about two and a half days. Um, Record, wait for it to render on YouTube the next day, download it, move it from a thumb drive to my console, edit it in Share Factory on my PlayStation, render it on my PlayStation, move it back to my thumb drive, put it on my desktop, or not, sorry, put it on my laptop, uh, open Handbrake and compress the file so it's small enough to upload at a quicker pace, plug my, my Ethernet cable into my laptop while I'm uploading it so it goes quicker. Um, while I'm doing that, I have a... Uh, book A couple bookmarks to create thumbnails, I do that while it's uploading, or before it uploads, depending on my time each day, and uh, I upload it. It takes two and a half, maybe three days, sometimes a little bit longer if I have other stuff going on in that week, um, but it's a way that I can show my passion and my love for video games, and I just wish that Nintendo would give me the option to record my footage with my audio, I mean, if I can't show my face because the PlayStation camera, let's be honest, the PS5 has a crappy PlayStation camera, and it doesn't do well, but it's all I have, so I'm working with what I got. But I digress. If I can just record the audio and show a gameplay, even if I can only record 20, 30-minute videos at a time, I can make that work because you can only put up to 80 minutes of video footage on a um, PlayStation Share Factory file anyway. So I would then move it to my, move it from YouTube to my thumb drive and edit it on my PlayStation, and then upload it, and I would be so happy because you know how much time I put into Animal Crossing, and I didn't share that with anybody. My love for Animal Crossing was never, never higher than it was when the new one came out for Switch, and now I don't get to share that with anybody except for my friends who came to my islander who I, you know, was messaging about stuff. And uh, that, that love is, is expired now because I've moved on to the next big Nintendo game. I've moved on to the next big PlayStation game. I've moved on to the next big TV show on Hulu, Netflix, Disney+, etc. And I don't have a way to share my love for Nintendo in those moments outside of screenshots that I can post on Twitter. Like, is that the best they can do? I can post like a short 10, 15 second clip or a, a screenshot. That, that's it? I can't do anything I don't Nintendo. Why? All I'm saying is you don't have to catch up with PlayStation 5 and PlayStation uh doing its thing or Xbox, you know, Series X and ignoring S and what, you know, Bill Spencer's doing there over at Microsoft. You don't have to catch up with them. All I'm saying is you have to create a console that's more powerful that maybe costs a little more because you have more features and more capabilities, right? I don't really feel like it's going to make anybody mad. If anything, you know, I listen to a lot of Nintendo podcasts, and I, I talk to a lot of people who like Nintendo, and I hear a lot of their complaints, and I'm just repeating what I've heard because I feel the same way. And I don't want to get started on Nintendo Drift because I've already kind of dampened the mood of this podcast, because of that last conversation about the features, right? And Nintendo Drift is real, and Drift is real on all consoles. I think one of my PlayStation controllers has it, but every single Joy-Con I own has Nintendo Joy-Con Drift, as we call it. Joy-Con Drift is in all of my controllers, and it's annoying, and I don't want to mail all of my controllers to Nintendo to get them, quote, fixed. Um, and it's frustrating to me that that's really the only option you have other than to spend, what is it, $70, $80? I think it's 80 freaking dollars to get a new pair of Joy-Cons that may or may not also have Joy-Con drift. And you know what the problem is? That's so expensive. But guess what? It's a console with accessories, right? If you can charge $80, 10 more than the current generation console controller's Because look at Xbox and PlayStation. They have a microphone... Well, for PlayStation 5, rather. They have a microphone built into the controller. Built in! They have an audio jack for your headphones to plug in. One of the things that my girlfriend and I were talking about recently was the fact that when I've been playing Pokemon, right? So, uh, when I play Pokemon, I can't wear my headphones when I play because they don't have an audio jack to do that. Whereas... On my PlayStation, even if my wireless headset isn't charged and I have to use my wired headset, at least my girlfriend doesn't have to hear it when she's doing her own thing, right? Not that that's a big deal, I'm just saying these are features that are missing that could easily be fixed because you're charging more for a pair of Joy-Cons than you are for a current-gen console controller that has a built-in microphone and an audio jacket. Along with haptic feedback, it. I'm I'm talking on deaf ears. I feel like, but I just want to say, I loved Pokemon. It was a phenomenal game. If I had to rate it out of a out of five stars, I'd give it a four and a half. I'm serious. I loved it. I think a few graphical changes, a few technical changes, uh, the game would be almost perfect for me. I really do feel like it was the closest to perfect we could get for a Pokemon game and I'm excited for expansions hopefully down the road or DLC that may or may not be coming. I'm really hopeful if they had the expansion for Sword and Shield that they'll have one for this as well because the potential for that is great and the events that they do is awesome and I'm going to keep tabs on that because I still don't have my Dragon type Charizard or Dragon Terra evolved to Charizard and I really, really, really want it so I'm trying to grind out these Terra raid battles and if I can't, stop i can stop losing them and start winning them and i could unlock six star raids then i can probably get a charizard and i'll be really 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 happy about that but i digress i love you guys i appreciate you talking i didn't want this podcast to be a half hour but here we are uh, got me on a tangent about nintendo <laughs> but i digress guys i love you guys Hang tight for probably two more episodes of this podcast coming out relatively soon. And by soon, I mean probably just scroll up and click on the next one if you have the time. Or just bookmark this podcast. Come back to it if you haven't already. Um, And I love you guys. Again, uh, I just said earlier I deleted Twitter. I wasn't joking. I did delete Twitter. I can still share from my Switch any screenshots or whatever from games, but I did uninstall that app. I don't really... I don't use it, and I feel like it's, it's, it's a whole conversation. It's, a, it's going downhill is what I feel like. Anyway, I also uninstalled Snapchat, but I still kept my Instagram up, uh, which is Fat fatlove145. Uh, so if you want to find me on Instagram, hit me up, talk to me. If you don't, I'll see you guys on the next episode of Fat Love Talk. I love you guys. Take care. Peace.